Chapter 1. Doing the Loop As transplanted Chicago boaters living on the East Coast, we often talked about taking our boat back to the Great Lakes for a long summer cruise to revisit our favorite harbor towns and Canadian waters. When the discussion turned from idle talk to serious plan, we asked ourselves, why turn around when we get to Chicago and have to backtrack? Why not keep going? We'd heard about the Great Circle Route, a.k.a. the Great Loop, a 5,000-mile circumnavigation of the eastern half of the United States and Canada. So we hauled out our road maps and tacked charts on walls to locate this serpentine network of protected and connected rivers, canals, and lakes. We read loop cruise stories and guidebooks to expand our knowledge of U.S. and Canadian geography. Our imaginations ran wild with thoughts of sailing by the Statue of Liberty, spotting a bear on a rocky cliff in Georgian Bay, and looking into the eyes of an alligator in the Florida Everglades. Doing the loop consumed us. In no time, we were planning what many who have gone before us call the adventure of a lifetime. Our route would take us north from our home on the Chesapeake to Delaware Bay, then up the Jersey Shore to the Hudson River and Erie Canal. From there, we'd cross Lake Ontario to Canada's Trent Severn Waterway, Georgian Bay, and North Channel. Then we'd head south on Lake Michigan to Chicago and cruise the Illinois, Mississippi, and Ohio rivers. Next, we'd head into the Tennessee River, where the Tennessee-Tumbigay Waterway leads to Mobile and the Gulf of Mexico and the west coast of Florida. We'd cruise all of Florida's waters and then head north up the Intracoastal Waterway to Norfolk and back home to the Chesapeake. This was the plan for our great adventure. We joined America's Great Loop Cruising Association, AGLCA, to learn more and to read the first-hand accounts of loopers, veteran cruisers of the route, in the association newsletter and email group. We attended the spring AGLCA rendezvous in Beaufort, South Carolina, to hear cruisers who were already underway on the trip and to meet other wannabes like us. Ways and Means of Doing the Loop You do the loop according to your personality, your boat, your cruising style, your time frame, and, of course, your budget. How long the trip takes is up to you. Some people move aboard their boat and cruise nonstop from beginning to end. Cruisers with kids use homeschooling and or arrange their schedule around the school year. Some people break up the cruise with periodic trips home and complete it in segments, leaving their boat at a marina where they'll pick it up at a later date to resume the trip. Others find that they want a boat break and go back to work, see family, tend the garden, or be home for the holidays. Those with trailerable cruisers live aboard, exploring a stretch of the loop for a period of time, and then haul out and tow their boats home, or pay to park them somewhere. In most cases, the cruise begins at your home port, or where you buy your new boat. But the scheduling of departures and destinations is largely determined by the weather. Most cruisers plan to avoid southern waters during hurricane season, 
and northern waters in the winter. That often translates to a summer season in the Great Lakes in Canada, a fall trip down the inland river system, wintering in Florida, sometimes with a side trip to the Keys or the Bahamas, and a spring spent doing the intracoastal waterway and the Chesapeake. Then there are the alternative routes and side trips that can put you in a wonderful quandary about going up the Champlain Canal to Lake Champlain, or to the Rideau Canal in Canada, to Door County in Lake Michigan. In the inland rivers, you can go to Nashville on the Cumberland River, or Chattanooga on the Tennessee River, or up the Black Warrior River on the Tentam. The plethora of good cruising destinations can extend the loop cruise for years, depending on the time and resources you have.